0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly King, Paraclete, Spirit of Truth, You who are everywhere present and fill all things, Treasury of all that is good, Master of life, Come, dwell within us, cleanse us from all stain, and save our souls, O good one. Mary, cause of our joy, pray for us. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, we've been working through Romans and had some difficult spots to work through. Now we have a whole difficult chapter to work through on the role of the law. And uh, it's... The commentators from antiquity till now uh, are not in agreement. Uh, Origen is probably one of the best, Chrysostom, Augustine, of course. Aquinas sums that up. Among the moderns, Father Lyonnais, my old professor, and uh, Father Pena, who's teaching over in Rome now, are the ones that I think are the best. Uh, so, I want your patience as we try to get through this, um, because it's important. This is, what about sin, what about law, what's the relationship, you see? And um, that's the, because when we get to Romans 8, you see, then it's going to be saying, now, now of the messianic age, there is no condemnation, katakrima. For those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ Jesus, you see, and then he'll explain, as he does there, uh, what he means by that. Now, this text, he begins... The the point he's going to be making in this text, more than any else, is that death frees you. Uh, And he's going to take that image. I mean, if I shoot somebody dead, and then the next day I die myself, they're not going to come and try my corpse. I'm dead. I'm finished with that. Uh, That's one of the images he's trying to get across here. When we are baptized, we die with Christ. And therefore, death and all the drives of death have no more power over us. They do, but that's the work of the... Of the interior struggle is to, uh, in the power of the cross, to break that uh, hold, and so that's the um, where we are as we're in Roman, Romans seven. So the first part is on, as I say, that the text is um, everybody knows that when they treat of Romans seven is going to be a challenge so Betty be ready for a challenge do you not know brothers I'm speaking to those who know the law that the law rules over a man so long as he lives now that's probably the law there doesn't mean Hatorah it just means law Nomos anybody who knows law knows if you're dead they're not going to bring you into court and try you I mean like Okay, that's the image. The married woman is bound to her living husband by the law. The, the civil law, the law, the Torah. Um, if, however, the man should die, she is released from the law regarding the authority, you put in, of the man. So then while her husband is living she will be considered an adulteress if she were to belong to another man. If however her husband should die, she is free from the law so that she is not an adulteress if she belongs to another man. That's the principle. Now that's what he's going to take now as his, you see, you died to the law. So the law has no more hold over you in principle. Now you have to work at that. You see, because the law is a provoker. Uh, remember the first time your mother said, uh, don't go near the window, it's open. Where did you go? To the window. What is, you know, it's perverse in us. Well, on a much more dramatic level, that's what Paul is talking about here now. So, those um, uh, verses there, first verse 3, he's laying down a principle Principle, death dispenses us from the hold of the law. Now he's going to say, We died with Christ. Therefore, the law has no hold over us. The new law is the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be, and it's very powerful and um, difficult. The good, the commentators who do like complete commentaries, they usually say now these 12 think this these 14 think this i mean and they have to but um but the basic notion is clear we've already spoken in six about dying with christ we when we go into the baptismal font and we're little kids they pour water over us but um, nowadays they're they're immersing again which is great uh We go down like into death's waters and we come up new. And that's called dying to sin. And that's what chapter six is about. Now, he's not going to talk about dying to law. But he doesn't mean dying to all law. It means dying to a regime of law. And that's, and it's, I say it's a difficult but important chapter to get. Um, Because, well, what happens to the law in all of this? Okay. Um, So, she is not an adulteress if she belongs to another man. And verse 4. So, my brothers, you too were rendered dead to the law through the body of Christ. What does that mean? See, this is a... His thinking is very profound but difficult. Um, you see, uh, you died to the law through the body of Christ so that you became, uh, you belong to another, to the one raised from the dead in order that we might be a fruit to God. So you died, and now, like that woman whose husband died and she married another, you're dead to the law and it has no more rights over you. Uh, And you're through the body of Christ. Now what does it mean uh, that you belong to another because of the body of Christ? Probably there are several places where he's probably has expressed what he's saying here. One is for instance um, in Galatians 2. Nine to ten, huh? I live now, not I. Christ lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself over for me. So I'm dead, not just to my former way of life and to the sins I practiced, but to that whole regime of law. So what's the regime of law? That's going to be the difficult question. The idea that, you see, that we're not lawless. But there is not a regime of law. There's a regime of the Spirit. And you say, well, that's very abstract. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It's the normal state of a Christian to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Sin, repent, yes, but... And that's what he's talking about, okay? Um, there's other texts, for instance, there's the one that we've seen already. It's in Romans 3.25. Uh, many of these chapters end in um, uh, okay they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus whom God set forth as an expiation through faith by his blood to prove that's God to prove his righteousness because of the forgiveness of sins previously committed through the forbearance of God so you see Uh, it's by God, you see, that you're rendered dead to the law through the body of Christ. Uh, Another text, the one we just had uh, last week, uh, in Romans 6, 3 to 11, which is all about baptism. Are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. That's his principle. Now, it's the same thing. Union with Christ brings about death to things that once had a claim on us. In chapter 6, it's sin. In chapter... and The drive towards sin. In chapter 7, it's law. And they're intimately bound. You see? Uh... Because the law is ineffectual, as he's finally going to say, when he starts the positive development, which is Romans 8. You see? He says there in the very opening, the second, third line, For what the law, weakened by the flesh, was powerless to do, this God has done, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for the sake of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, so that the righteous decree of the law might be fulfilled, in us who live not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's a lifetime challenge. But it's Paul is saying, we're not the same. And this is the great work now of the new evangelization, is to point out to Catholics and other Christians, you're not the same. It wasn't just a ceremony when you got baptized. It wasn't just a ceremony when you go to the Eucharist. There's a force there, a power to call on. And that's what he's talking about. But he's using this other language. You were rendered dead to the law through the body of Christ. It has no claim on you anymore. Uh, And then starts the difficult material. When we were in the flesh. Now what does he mean? I'm still in the flesh. I didn't die. Physically. He means captive to that world. There's a way he describes that world at the end of chapter 2 when he's talking about... Uh, uh, you remember that chapter? Uh, you see... Uh, or I'm sorry, I'm in the end of chapter 1. Uh, idolatry. Suppressing the truth. What happens when the truth is suppressed? Turn on the television and watch. That's what happens. When the truth about God, His love, His providence, His righteousness, His holiness, His wisdom, when that's suppressed, the whole thing falls apart. As we see right now in Western culture. But he says here, They are filled with every form of wickedness, evil, greed, and malice, full of envy, murder, rivalry, treachery, and spite. They are gossips and scandal-mongers, and they hate God. They hate God. They don't want there to be a God. How much energy, how many books are written? That latest fellow, I just read that, uh, Dawson. Is it Dawson? Yes. One of those atheists who writes books. Uh, I think it's Dawkins, maybe. Uh, anyway, in, an, in, a, in a debate, he finally said, um, well, I'm 6.5 or something. Out of seven, sure, there's no God. After evangelizing all this time? Suppose I was 6.7 sure that Christ is the Son of God. How could I evangelize? you got to know that. Anyway, it's interesting. All right, we'll take it up from there.